Hey there, and welcome to the Average Catholic Podcast. This is a podcast for exactly what the title says, for the normal Catholic living their life out in the world who wants to know a little bit more about the beauty of the Catholic faith or maybe dive deeper in their relationship with God. My name's Father Tony, and I'm a parish priest in Central Kentucky, and that's about it. I'm not one that you'll find uh, speaking on stage at some event or on YouTube outside of uh, a couple projects for my parish. I'm just a Catholic priest in the middle of Kentucky that loves the church, that loves his faith, and I want to make the beauty of our faith as accessible as possible for people. It has been quite a long time since I've sat down and done really anything with this podcast. It started out as a, a little project between myself and a friend, and that friend decided he needed to take a step back because his life was very busy, and that was fine. Uh, but I was foolish, and I thought that this would be something that I could do in my spare time. And I got one episode finished. It's a great episode with my best friend, Father Chris. And then life happened, and the need uh, to minister to the people of God happened, and there just wasn't a lot of spare time for a project like this. But now I'm back, at least for a little bit, uh, and at least for this great project that one of the parishes I serve is doing. And this project is a challenge uh, for the people of the parish, but also for anyone who happens to find themselves listening to this podcast to really focus on prayer this Lent. Today, I had the opportunity to sit down with one of my colleagues and have a great conversation about this. Her name is Jennifer, and she serves as the director of worship at one of the parishes that I serve. And we had a great conversation about prayer, what it is, why it's important for a Christian to have a life of prayer, and how we can pay attention to that during the Lenten season. The thing that I really appreciated about my talk with Jen is the perspective that she brings from her own life. Because Jen does work for the church, but she is also a mom. She's also a wife. Uh, she's got a full-time job, and she takes care of her family. And she's got a lot going on, but prayer is something that's very important to her. And she offers a very beautiful, very valuable perspective that's good for us to hear. So I really enjoyed having this conversation with her. I hope you enjoy listening to it and that it's something that uh, inspires you maybe to, to engage in prayer a little bit more yourself. I will apologize in advance. Uh, I've said before, I think on a previous episode, this is a very uh, low-tech operation. And we were recording actually in a building at our parish that is currently being renovated. So if there are any construction noises happening in the background, uh, that's an unfortunate side effect of something great that's going on at our parish, which is the renovation of some facilities. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope that you will join us for all the prayer opportunities that will be offered through this podcast, and you'll hear more about those in the conversation with Jen. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by um, one of my colleagues, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. So Jennifer is the director of worship at one of the parishes that I serve, and we'll talk about what that means in a second. Uh, but today, um, this should be premiering 
or coming out on Ash Wednesday uh, by the time people are listening to this. So it is now Lent. That's so crazy. It snuck up on us. Um, So Lent, uh, as Catholic Christians, we have uh, three main pillars in the Lenten season, right? We have fasting, um, which we're all good at. Everyone turns Lent into their diet program. So everyone's giving up chocolate and candy and soda and fast food and all that stuff. Except for the fish fries on Friday. Except for fish fry Friday when you just go ham, but fish. I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah, on Fridays we go nuts at local fish fries. We don't have a fish fry. We don't we have don't, a fish but, fry. Uh, the other parish I'm at does. So people can go to that one. Um, so we have our fasting um, that we do. Uh, we have almsgiving that we do, um, particularly the rice bowl. That's been like a, a Lenten staple my entire life. Did they have rice bowl when you were a kid that they would give out? I I don't remember that it was a like the rice bowl, but it must have been because I do remember always having that same the paper cardboard, cardboard box. box that you yeah. fold up together. So it must have been a rice bowl. Just as a kid, I didn't Connect know that what that's it was. what it was yeah. for. That was always like the funnest thing <laughs> is coming to mass on that Sunday and getting the, the rice bowl before mass and then putting it together instead of paying attention to mass mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, so we have these pillars of Lent, and I think we, we do great on fasting. We do great on giving. Um, but the one that I think always needs work for every Christian is the pillar of prayer. Um, and so that's why part of why I wanted to ask Jen to come on today uh, to talk about prayer, because that's part of her job. So Jennifer, um, what does a director of worship do at a Catholic church, or at least at our Catholic church? So if we're going to be completely honest, mm-hmm. I think I'm still figuring it out yes. to some extent. She's new. She's new. <laughs> what has it been, six months? Seven. Seven months? Okay. But it feels like yesterday sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff mm-hmm. and preparing and organizing all the parts and pieces so that everything's in place for people to participate in the liturgy. So, you know, organizing all of the people that help put on Sunday mass Mm -hmm. for, you know, lack of better term, you know, um, organizing and making sure that acolytes have what they need and that we have acolytes, that we have musicians, that they're prepared, that, they know their music that they can lead. Um, we need lectors. We need all those parts and pieces. It's really bringing them mm-hmm. together and equipping them to be able to serve the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the biggest part of your job is the Sunday Mass, like yeah. helping ensure that the Sunday Mass happens, um, that we do the best that we can to give fitting worship to God, that we do our best. Um, making sure that the right altar cloth color is out. Um, and it's a lot of that stuff that you don't think about until yeah. you have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, okay, my to-do list is getting longer. And as you enter your first Lent <laughs> and prepare for Easter, I'm sure my your to-do, to-do list... list has not shrunk. It has only grown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to that. Um, so there, there's a big piece of what you do that involves the Sunday Mass um, but kind of indirectly, I guess, uh, all of our staff at, at this particular parish that I'm at um, kind of oversees various ministries. So I guess you, you kind of oversee or are a part of certainly the 
all the ministries involved in the Sunday Mass, but we also have a lot of different prayer ministries, right, that you you may not be directly involved in them, but you're like the point person. Sure. Well, and if you think about it, those make sense that they're tied together, really, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can't separate the liturgy and a worship experience from prayer. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there are several prayer ministries that we have here at this parish, and you're right, I'm not directly involved with a lot of them, but I I kind of oversee them, and we really wanted to, you know, be able to bring light to all these different ways that people pray, mm-hmm. because some of them, honestly, I wasn't necessarily familiar with. Yeah. Or, or myself either when I first came here. I think the example I gave you was we have a the, – the parish that we serve has a labyrinth mm-hmm. at it, which is a very ancient Christian tool yeah. for prayer. I had no idea. I <laughs> I remember coming here and was like, why is there a maze at the top of this hill that people talk about? Like, what is this? Um, so there are a lot of prayer opportunities at our parish, and that kind of leads into – a challenge that we're giving our parishioners this Lent is really to, to not neglect the pillars of fasting and almsgiving, to, to certainly keep those strong, but to really dedicate ourselves together as a parish or as anyone who finds this and listens to it, to dedicate ourselves as the body of Christ um, to really praying this Lent. And so what we're calling it is, is the challenge to pray in a new way. So for some people that pray every day, maybe it means trying a, a type of prayer within our tradition that, that you've not done before. So if you pray the rosary every day, that's awesome. Why not try to say prayer or try walking the labyrinth or try Lexio Divina? Um, but some people may not have prayer as part of their day. Maybe Sunday Mass is it. It's all that they, that they do. Okay, so how about for your challenge for Lent, you're going to dedicate five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, and those are for God and no one else. Um, And so that's the challenge that we're giving everyone at our parish and anyone who hears this, really all of us this Lent, is to take that challenge seriously, to to use these 40 days um, to develop a closer relationship with God through prayer. Well, and I think... We had talked about this a little bit a while back, but to me, so often the focus of Lent is what you're giving up. You know, Mm -hmm. like you had mentioned a little bit ago, giving up chocolate and giving up fast food. And we don't always think about why are we giving it up, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're not just giving up chocolate for the sake of giving up chocolate, but that really needs to hit home in a way that we're giving this up as a sacrifice. And then what? where is that bringing us in our relationship with God? You mm-hmm. know, that, you know, it's a remembrance of that ultimate sacrifice. But then not only do I need to give this up necessarily, you know, if I was going to give up chocolate, what can I put in that place that is going to draw me nearer to God? Mm-hmm. And prayer is just such a fitting and, dare I say, easy yeah. Easy way to yeah. do that because we don't <clears throat> need tools. We have everything that we need to pray already. Right yeah. there no matter where we are. Yeah. Yeah, I like the what you said about sacrifice and, and making in a way making prayer the making the time for prayer, let that be part of our Lenten sacrifice mm-hmm. because 
the point of the sacrifice is not I had I have a priest friend who gave a homily this last weekend that he sent to me that was great and he he talked about preparing for Lent and he said um, <laughs> Lent is not when you make up for your failed New Year's resolution to go to the gym right like and a lot of us use it for that sure Lent's not a weight loss plan um, it, it's good if that's a side effect of it but the our sacrifice should create some kind of hunger, not necessarily physical hunger, um, but that what we want, that thing that we've given up, our hunger for that um, should in a way remind us of the deeper hunger that we all have for a connection with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what, for example, when we fast literally from food on Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday, that's part of the reason is that the physical hunger kind of awaken in us a, a spiritual hunger. And by the way, fasting as a Catholic is so wimpy. It is the easiest. Like our Orthodox friends, our Eastern Catholic friends, they go hardcore. Like I don't know if people realize this. Did you realize this? No. Like they just don't eat. And like they might drink water. The Catholic, the, the Latin Rite Catholic, which is what we are, uh, rule of fasting is that you can have one full meal, and then two smaller meals that combine do not equal a full meal. So you can have like one and a half meals. That's still a lot of food. <laughs> like there are other Christians that just don't eat all day. So um, Catholic fasting is relatively easy. Of course, some people, I can already hear people like, well, what about this situation? Some people have health problems and can't. Do it to your healthcare professionals' exactly. advice. But the point isn't. The point isn't the lack of food and yeah. putting yourself in a medical crisis. Mm-hmm. Again, it's if that's what our focus is, then we've lost sight of why exactly. we're fasting. Exactly. So, but back to prayer. I got on a tangent. <laughs> that's so against my nature. I never do that. Um, why focus on prayer? I like what Jen said that that that's how we connect to God. That's we already have everything that we need. All we really need is ourselves, right? Right. To pray, but but why do we do this? So I, I pulled up, because I'm a nerd, um, the document on the liturgy from Vatican II, because it's really insightful into this. Because what happened after the council is um, the, the liturgy, the mass, became very accessible to people, which is a good thing. It needed to be more accessible to people. So now we experience Mass, and for us, we were born after the Council. This is the only way we've experienced Mass, where we hear it in our own language. So we're praying in our own language. Um, It's very familiar to us. But one of the things that happened after the Council is Mass became so much more accessible, and a lot of people kind of left behind all the other prayer that the church did, A, a lot of it driven by the laity. I remember my dad telling me there were huge groups at his parish that would um, do processions and feast day celebrations and rosary rallies and and all of these things that were all by the lady, but it was all a form of prayer to kind of enrich their experience of their faith. Um, And Vatican II speaks to this a little. So the ninth paragraph of this document, Sacrosanctum Concilium, says, that the liturgy does not exhaust the entire activity of the church, meaning uh, the Sunday Mass is not the only thing. It's the most important thing that we do, but it's not the only thing that we're meant to do. Later on, it says um, in paragraph 13 that popular devotions of the Christian people are to be highly commended 
provided they accord with the laws and norms of the church, above all when they are ordered by the apostolic see. Devotions proper to individual churches also have special dignity. If they are, oh, this is a bunch of legal stuff. Um, These devotions should be so drawn up that they harmonize with the liturgical seasons, accord with the sacred liturgy, and are in some fashion derived from it and lead the people to it, since in fact the liturgy by its very nature far surpasses any of them. So what's this saying? It's saying that the liturgy is the most important thing that we do. It's bigger and more efficacious, more effective on our souls than any other form of prayer, but it alone is not going to sustain us in in the way that it would if it were also supported by these other forms of prayer, by spending time with God outside of the Sunday Mass, outside of that one hour or hour and a half that we spend in church. And so that's why the church has... Um, other forms of prayer available, um, devotions. And that's why you'll see during Lent in our church, we have the Stations of the Cross hung up. We have booklets for people to to pray with them. Um, we have all kinds of opportunities. Uh, some will be through this podcast uh, of helping people pray with the scriptures for the Lenten season. Um, we're going to have a uh, regular Eucharistic adoration, I think twice a week yeah. is the Friday group. So twice a week during, during Lent. Uh, and so beautiful because Lent ends with the Triduum. And on Holy Thursday, what do we celebrate? The institution of the Eucharist. And so it's very proper for us to prepare for that by offering a chance for people to spend time with Jesus present in the Eucharist. Um, prayer is so important because Padre Pio said, There's this quote from him that I really love, St. Padre Pio. He said that prayer is the oxygen of the soul. So Mm -hmm. just like we all need air to breathe, oxygen to breathe, for the the well-being of our soul, um, the oxygen that we get for our soul is prayer. Um, I really like that. Yeah. Well, and it makes me think, too, how you were talking about fasting and almsgiving, those other pillars of Lent that – you know, we feed our bodies typically how many times a day, you know, we've got our three structured meals and then whatever nibbles and tastes that you have. But if we're only feeding our soul once a week for an hour, you know, Mm. how can we expect that to sustain us? You know, that would be like feeding ourselves one big meal on a Sunday and expecting our body to be fine the rest Mm. of the week. But that's what so many people just kind of settle into with their spiritual life, you know, that, that, that hour on Sunday sustains us through the week and prayer really is that's, it's that fuel for our hearts. It's that oxygen for, I really like that Mm -hmm. quote. Yeah. I have a talent for finding quotes. (laughs) When I was in college seminary, I, I love quotes so much. My door was covered in quotes and everyone always made fun of me. But I had a quote from a saint about probably anything. I bet you did. <laughs> that, could, that could relate to our life. But yeah, so part of why I wanted to talk to you on here too is um, <laughs> you're a normal person. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, you do work for the church, which makes you kind of odd. And um, I'm a musician deep down too, so exactly. there's some quirks in there too. <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, so like as a priest, like I have to pray. So uh, there's a prayer of the, a beautiful prayer of the church called the Liturgy of the Hours. It is the prayer of the church. Everyone's encouraged to do it. We're offering it during the Lenten season. Mm-hmm. Um, on Ash Wednesday, we're praying Vespers, and every Monday we're going to be praying Compline. 
uh, night prayer, and I have to do that. So if I don't do the liturgy of the hours, it's a sin, right? So that prayer is kind of, uh, in a way, I don't want to say forced because I willingly accepted it, but like it, it's a mandatory part of my day. But even then, I have to come up with ways to even sustain that, to, to incorporate more prayer into my life. But I feel like as a priest, it's different, and, and people will think, oh, it's just easier. It's really not, but I know how people work. So part of why I want to talk to you is you're normal. You're a mom. Uh, you have a husband and kids, and you have a job. And um, while a lot of your work also prepares people to pray, you've got to incorporate prayer into your life. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about what does prayer look like for you in your life and, and kind of where does it, what it, what importance, I guess, does it hold for you and how do you make it happen with everything that you have going on? That's a lot of questions. That's a lot of questions. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You can tell I'm not a, a real interviewer. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know how it doesn't fit into my life. And I think I'm very fortunate that it has always been part of my life and I can just hope and pray that my kids can say the same Mm -hmm. down the line someday but I think I make it a conscious effort because I know that I'm a better wife and a better mom and a better human being Mm -hmm. when I'm connected to God Mm -hmm. I was never created to be self-sustaining and get myself through all of the troubles or challenges in a day or in a week that that was never the intention right and so I very much rely on taking those things to God during the day and just take this (laughs) take Mm -hmm. this take this take this it's not always easy because I really like to be in control of things and my husband would not disagree <laughs> with that at all. And so almost to me on the daily, it's just like that releasing of control that let's be real. I never really had in the first place. It was always God's, but I think the conscious effort to give that back to God and bring God into all the situations that are going on, whether they're challenging or whether they're good and everything's happy and easy. Um, But, you know, I very often start my day listening to a podcast with scripture and just kind of reflecting on that. And when I'm in a good running mode then you know I'll do that while I go for a run or go for a walk or just before everybody wakes up and I've just got this time yeah with a cup of coffee to myself because I think I have to prepare myself mm-hmm. for what the day's going to hold and that's just that works for me to be able to have that opportunity to spend with God where it's not being disrupted or interrupted by other people and if it does they can join in you know there's worse things than having your kids wake up early and joining in that yeah that time of prayer you know for them I've got one that is just a very anxious kid and 
I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, they've got a lot of reason to have some oh, yeah, for anxiety sure. yeah. in their life. And so, you know, there's a couple verses that she's really kind of held on to and will recite, you know. Um, but even just driving down the street, if she'll, you know, say something that she's worried about or they'll ask about the fire trucks or the ambulances, what's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's those are just great opportunities to let's I don't know what's going on, but we can pray for the helpers and we can pray for the people that they're helping and or, you know, you're struggling in this moment. I can't fix that. Mm-hmm. But we can we can invite God into it. And it's just a really easy tool to teach them, too, in the moment. I feel like I just went off on like no. 16 different tangents. No, you're great. Uh, you're great. And I, I, I remember you just casually mentioned one day that while you were on a run, you had to listen to Alexio Divina podcast. And oh, I, was I like, do that all the time. I was like, that's really cool because – I think that's the thing that so many people think is I hear a lot. I don't have time to pray. And I don't think we realize it is good and very enriching to sit in silence and focus entirely on prayer. But realistically, if we think that's the only way that we can pray, if that's the only way we can connect with God, not only will it not happen because everyone is crazy busy, we're going to make excuses as to why it can't happen. And so. Well, it's so easy to fill it up with other, with things. other things because there's like, no, there's never a shortage of things yeah, to do. Like high schoolers tell me, father, I can't do this. I don't have time. And I'm like, how many hours did you spend on TikTok? Right. Mm-hmm. Like how many, how long did you spend scrolling on Instagram? Let me see and your you screen say, time report yeah, that Apple sends exactly, every week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like we have more time than we think. And it, it's making it a priority, as you mentioned, but also just weaving it through your day. When St. Paul says, I think it was St. Paul, <laughs> says that we need to pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we have to sit in the Adoration Chapel 24-7. It means that the prayer becomes so ingrained in us that throughout the day, we're praying while we're working. We're praying while we're doing. Mm-hmm. I, like personally, I try to go on a walk every day, and I either pray my rosary or my Divine Mercy Chaplet, or I'm listening to something. Maybe it's praise and worship music. Maybe it's a podcast. Um, the Bible and the Bible in a year podcast is a great resource for people that Ascension puts out. Um, that when I drive and I absolutely hate my drive between my rectory and, and our offices. Um, and I have a little bit of road rage that has developed since moving into the big city. Um, and so I will, um, pray during that time to, if one, if, if nothing else, calm me down, right? Um, when you're cleaning the house, you can pray. You can mm-hmm. put on Christian music even. Um, but also with your family, like you mentioned, taking the opportunity to weave this into your family life is so important. Um, a lot of our parents out there feel like, I don't know how to pray, so how am I supposed to pray with my kids? And I think part of it is you just figure it out as you go. I feel like all of parenting is like that, so that's absolutely true. But I also think sometimes we get caught up in what prayer is. Yeah. And I love that just, you know, a couple times in the past minute, you said listening to music, listening to that music and just being present in that Mm -hmm. moment, that's prayer. I don't have to come up with the words all of the time to... You know, to I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to mm-hmm. 
pray out loud with our kids and we're going to say the wrong thing or I don't know what to say or not even with our kids and a group of other adults, you know, Mm -hmm. that we get nervous that our words aren't going to be enough. Yeah. And our words are never going to be enough. But but taking that moment and that intention, whether you're speaking these words or you're listening to somebody else speaking them or listening to somebody else sing them. I feel like any time that we're taking that opportunity to bring God into the moment, yeah, that might not look like traditional prayer, mm-hmm. but that's a prayerful experience. Yeah, it's it's prayer is striving to to become closer to God and be in God's presence. And so, yeah, those moments and it does like listening to music. It doesn't have to be. It's good if it is some type of religious or Christian music, but I've also myself experienced and told people approaching even that as a source of prayer changes how we listen to music mm-hmm. because all of a sudden we'll start realizing there a talk I heard once this woman said if you listen to a song and you can't imagine God saying this to you or you saying that to God you don't need to listen to that song mm-hmm. um, it might be catchy it might have a great beat it might be great for a dance party at the stoplights and traffic but it's not good for your soul right um but yeah, just inviting God in um, and making it a habit. That's the thing is we have a lot of habits. We have habits of addic- being addicted to our cell phones. Maybe we have some people have a habit of they have to smoke a cigarette after they eat mm-hmm. um, or they have to have a glass of wine in the evening to, to calm down. Um, some people have habits that uh, they have to go on a run every day, right? So it, we all have habits, and prayer is a habit. It's something we have to develop. It's something that takes work. Um, and that's okay. It's okay that it takes work. Uh, and it's okay that you mess up every now and then and you forget. Right. Um, but you just got to keep trying because it's worth it. So one thing that I think is really easy to do, and I like to do, is I feel like everybody's got Alexa or yeah. a Google Home or something. But one of the first things I do when I walk downstairs in the morning is tell Alexa to play some sort of praise and worship music. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I care what it is and sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. But it just kind of sets Mm -hmm. that environment and that tone. Mm -hmm. And while I'm running around the house getting my kids ready for school or getting myself out the door or getting my husband out the door or whatever it is, And then they come down the stairs and they're automatically welcomed into that environment, right? Just because they're in the midst of that music. And even if they're not actively listening, how many times have you heard a song that you say, oh, I don't have that memorized, but you can sing along, right? Like we don't have to be actively listening for those words to settle into our minds and into our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so it's just such an easy way to bring the presence of God in and just have it there and trickle into the lives of the people that we live with too. Yeah. And that constant presence also helps us remember, I I was reminded of something when you were talking earlier, when you said like, I I don't, and I'm I'm just paraphrasing and forgive me for not directly quoting, (laughs) but you said like, I can't be totally self-sufficient, right? Like I, and that's the thing. Pope Francis wrote this document um, called Rejoice and Be Glad. It's his English title, Gaudete et Exultate. 
And in it, he talks about um, the joy of the Christian life and things that can steal that joy. And he mentions two enemies. He calls them two subtle enemies of holiness. So things that are just there, always creeping in the background. There are two ancient heresies that are still alive and thriving in the church. And one of them that you mentioned you're combating is Pelagianism. So the heresy of Pelagianism basically says that we can do everything on our own, that we don't need God, Um, that human beings can achieve perfection, achieve everything they need by themselves. That's a heresy, right? Like that is wrong. The other heresy that Pope Francis mentions is Gnosticism, um, which focuses a lot on knowledge. Um, And uh, Pope Francis says that Gnosticism presumes a purely subjective faith whose only interest is a certain experience or a set of ideas and bits of information which are meant to console and enlighten, but ultimately keep one in prison in his or own his or her own thoughts and feelings. So basically, um, it's your own intellect yourself, without anyone else, without God, without your without the human experience, um, and we get caught up in both of those so much today. We human beings think we know everything mm-hmm. ourselves. Spend five minutes watching the news or looking at Congress, right? Everyone thinks they know everything. But especially with Pelagianism, we fall into the lie so much. Maybe that not that we can, that we um, can do everything on our own and we can do this all on our own, but maybe even more that we should. I think that's the big thing is that yeah. we have these high expectations of ourselves. And let's be real. We live in a society that puts high expectations. Oh, we do. On, on, on one another. On everyone. And, um, yeah, and I fall into that all the time. I tell people all the time, I need a reminder that God is God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And thank God I'm not. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to be a school superintendent right now, and yeah. I don't want to be God right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's that sense of, like, we, as human beings, we are created. It's in who we are relationship with God Mm -hmm. so we can't think that we have it all together on our own it's not good for us to think that we just need to get over it Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be quite frank Um, and that's why we need prayer to help us because that faith that presence of God is what is ultimately going to sustain us when life gets hard Mm -hmm. it's going to be the source of our joy when life is going great and something I mean how often does something great happen to us or, or something goes the way that we were hoping that it would in a t- situation. Oh, thank God that happened that way, right? Like, um, it's both the source of our strength and the source of our joy. So that's why it's so important that we take time to pray and just figure out how to make it a part of our lives. So that's what we're doing this Lent, and at I, least at our parish. I really liked the idea of encouraging people to, encouraging people, including myself, Mm-hmm. To pray in a new way because we get so in our routines and in the habits that we've established, which is great. Um, but I'm a different person than I was five years ago, 10 yeah. years ago, 15. You know what I mean? And so maybe I'm going to relate to something differently now than I would mm-hmm. have before. Or I've just never tried something before. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really good 
to try something new and say, does this, does this work for me? Does it speak mm-hmm. to me? Can I find God in this moment? And maybe the answer is yes. Awesome. Then mm-hmm. I've just given myself another tool and another way to engage with God. And maybe the answer is no, that I really, I really don't find comfort in praying mm-hmm. in this particular way or that doesn't meet my need. And that's okay too. Yeah. And I think that's almost just as important information as not, but we don't know until mm-hmm. until we try. Yeah, and Lent, Lent is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, I remember when I was a kid, Lent meant several things, right? It meant every Friday we were going to the parish fish fry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Lent also meant uh, that my dad and I went to church three times a week. So we went on Sunday because we were there every Sunday no matter. I would have had to have been like on life support in the hospital to have not, you know, him. He would drag me out of bed if he had to. And I'm grateful that he did. Um, so we would be at, at Mass on Sunday. Every Wednesday, we would go to church, and we had rosary and Mass every Wednesday evening, no matter what. It was not optional. I had to go. Um, and every Friday, we had Stations of the Cross and then Mass in the evening. So I knew as a kid, this is what Lent means. And I groaned about it, and I didn't like it. But now that I'm older, and this always happens to us, right, like, I look back and I really cherish those memories. Sure. I can think, especially with my dad being having passed away, I can look back at those and and see how that was dad passing his faith on to me mm-hmm. in a way that he knew how. Mm-hmm. In the context he grew up in, those, those devotionals were very important to him. And so that's how he passed that on to me. That's how we prayed as a family. And we really dedicated ourselves to that during Lent. Now, maybe the rest of the year, it wasn't that way. Uh, Maybe it was only every now and then that we would pray together. But we always knew during Lent, we're dedicated to this. Um, So that's what I want to challenge myself to. I want to challenge all of us to this Lent is figuring out how, what form of prayer speaks to us besides mass. And with mass, if you, haven't been to mass in a while come back (laughs) like you know sure if you go to mass every sunday maybe try going to a daily mass once a week i always tell people in our diocese in the city that we live in i think there are 53 catholic churches one of them will have a mass time that works for you yeah um so try make an effort to do that but also support it and supplement it with these other forms of prayer and you're going to find Right. Whenever you do something that's good for you, you want to do it more. Um, and you're going to find that the prayer becomes less of a burden and more of a, almost an enjoyment, something that you want to do, something that just comes naturally to you. Well, and the more you do it, like you said, it comes naturally to you, yeah. which makes it feel less of a burden because yeah. I don't have to think about it. It's just part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to put forth that conscious effort because my body and my mind and my heart already know that I'm going to be doing that. I don't have Mm -hmm. to think about it and squeeze it in or add it in or make it feel like it's something else that needs to be scheduled. And if it does, that's okay. You know, everybody kind of approaches their days differently. And some Mm -hmm. people like really need to write it down on your to-do list, Mm -hmm. write it down on your to-do list. But at some point you're not going to have to. Yeah. It's just going to be like putting on your deodorant and brushing your teeth that it's just what you're doing. Well, and like Padre Pio said, it's our oxygen, right? So it's Mm going to become as normal as breathing, Mm -hmm. right? Like 
And, and if we don't do it, we're going to notice that just like we don't brush our teeth, we're going to notice that mm. we stink, mm. <laughs> right? We're going to notice that we're different if we haven't given our souls that, that air that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I don't really know how to wrap this up. I'm not good at this. <laughs> but thanks for joining me, Jen. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jen has done a great job at our parish. Um, she's just awesome. Oh, I think. And uh, I'm excited for what we're offering our parish this Lent. I really I hope am, people, too. I hope people take us up on the challenge. And what I like about it, too, is that we aren't going to see the fruits of it, really. Like, we're not – there's no way that we can measure this. No. Um, But I kind of like that, you know, that we we are providing ways and information for people to pray and encouraging. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the relationship, even within our community, is ultimately – us and God and what we're willing to put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a challenge and it's hard. And I think it's good for us that it is. Well, and we talked about that, I think, even in the beginning when we were starting to even brainstorm mm-hmm. what this would look like is that even if it drew one person closer t- to God in it. their relationship, yeah. then it's totally been worth yeah. it. And we'll never know mm-hmm. that one person. And, and we don't need to know. Yeah. But just just reaching one person and maybe that one person is ourselves yeah. you know that it was worth it because yeah. because because it was worth it. they got closer to god they got closer which to god. is which is why we're here right. right um all right so thanks for being here absolutely um for, can i come back again another you, time? Uh, sure we'll figure <laughs> out something <laughs> um, so for those uh listening uh, we will have several opportunities for prayer with myself and the staff of our parish. We will have uh, different staff mem- members, members, wow, my that was accent country. really came out there. <laughs> uh, different staff members and I will be providing opportunities to pray the various mysteries of the rosary, uh, to practice Lectio Divina, uh, meditating on the Sunday Gospels for the Lenten season, the Chapel of Divine Mercy, here at our parish, there are all kinds of resources, all kinds of ways to, ways to pray. If you don't belong to our parish, I guarantee your parish has something. But if they don't and you want to start it, I bet your pastor would let you. So just ask. Yeah. Um, and take the challenge this Lent to, to not only fast and to not only give of the, the abundance that God's given us, but to take time and really dedicate ourselves to prayer. Um, So thanks for being here, and we hope that you have a wonderful, blessed, and holy Lent.